All right. Tonight, if you'll take your Bibles and let's turn to Romans chapter number 4. Book of Romans chapter number 4. In chapter 3 last time, we saw how Paul described that divine righteousness that comes from God. That's the only way a person can be saved is by having righteousness. And since we had none of our own, we needed God's righteousness. We needed divine righteousness, which is attained apart from the deeds of the law. We saw, we saw that it has been manifested in the person of Jesus Christ. We saw that it's attained by faith in Jesus Christ. And we saw it's freely bestowed by His grace. I'm glad it's by grace. We didn't have to work for it. Uh, we didn't, certainly didn't deserve it. Think about that. You know, when you think about grace, the grace we have in Christ Jesus, it's just an amazing thing. And we're going to focus on uh, uh, this uh, justification by faith tonight. Divine righteousness is made possible, we know, by the death of Jesus, and thank God for that. But in chapter 4, we're going to see Paul give two examples from the Old Testament of justification by faith. Now, the reason for him doing this is he still focused on the Jewish uh, believers or the Jewish people uh, who he's trying to uh, convince to become believers uh, because he knows that they are uh, this 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 divine righteousness deal is something that's a little foreign to them. They 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 thought that righteousness was by the law, by keeping the law, which is not. And he gives two examples from the Old Testament that show, hey, look, it's always been this way. Justification is by faith. Hey, we can go back to Abraham. They say Father Abraham. That's what they call Father Abraham. Father Abraham, now he was saved by works. No, 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 no. That's not what the Bible says. Uh, the, we see the example of Abraham. God's method of justification, understand it is and always was and always will be by grace through faith. Salvation is always by grace through faith. Now let's take a look at verse number 1 here in Romans 4, verse number 1. What shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh, hath found. Um, you know, listen, there's no self-righteousness that's acceptable with God. We know that that can be found easily in Scripture. Uh, even in the Old Testament tells us in Isaiah 64, 6, that we are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousnesses are nothing but a bunch of filthy rags. You know, we all fade as a leaf. But he, you know, they, they would think in their mind, well, well surely Abraham was, was justified by his works. But Abraham was justified by faith. Look at verse 2 and verse 3. For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. <laughs> For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. That's exactly what it says. Now, uh, the Jewish rabbis er erroneously taught that Abraham had a surplus of merit from his works that were available to his descendants, the Jews. Not true. Paul built on the, the, that idea and agreed that assuming that Abraham was just justified by works, he, he might have something to boast about, but when he got before God, the boasting would end. There's nothing to boast about. 
Paul insisted his boasting could only be before other people, not before God. You ever heard somebody boast about what they would do for the did for the Lord? Yeah, we hear it all the time, don't we? If a person could establish his righteousness by works, though that is impossible, he could never boast of it in God's presence. Why? Why not? Because sin stands in the way. Sin, our sin stands in the way. Our works cannot cancel out our sin. Paul then turned to an authority that his readers would acknowledge. I mean, the, the Jews had their issues, sure, and uh, uh, sometimes they, they uh, had a tough time seeing things that were clear as day, and this is one of those things. It's clear as day in Scripture. And Paul turned to, to the authority that his readers would acknowledge that they believed in the authority of the Scriptures, and he says, for what saith the Scripture? And that, that's a good question to ask any time. The first thing we ought to ask uh, about when something is right or wrong or we want to, to take and support some doctrine, it ought to be, what saith the Scripture? You know, it's not what uh, brother so-and-so thinks about it or what, uh, uh, what we were grew up with or, or what the, the church necessarily teaches. Uh, different churches teach different things, but they're not all uh, supported by Scripture. The, the Scripture is... Our final authority. What saith the scripture? He quoted Genesis 15, 6, which states that Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Because he believed God, God imputed righteousness to his account. In other words, he, he counted it to him. Imputed is counted it to his account. It's, a, it's an accounting term. Look at, uh, hold your place there. We'll, we'll be back in Romans. But I want you to turn to Galatians. I'm not going to have you turn to a lot of places tonight, but we are going to turn to a few. Galatians chapter number 3 is very important in this because we're going to see this. So Paul makes this same argument or similar argument to the Galatian Christians who, who uh, had been, they were being deceived by the Judaizers into thinking, well, yes, we got to have faith in Christ, but uh, it ta- also takes our works. We got to, we got to, to uh, we got to keep the law. We got to to, to have the, the works there, and, and it's by grace through faith. Look at uh, chapter three, Galatians three, verse one. Oh, foolish Galatians! Who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath evidently hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This would I, uh, this only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now they they were trying their best before Christ came along to do it by works of the law. They were failing miserably. They could not keep the law. And the law said, you know, do or die. And they were, uh, they were, they were one heartbeat away from death. And then Jesus entered in. And Jesus uh, uh, took in, uh, that law out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And so the, the law was dead to them. And they, they, be, they began walking by faith in Christ Jesus. And that verse number 3 there, he says, Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Because that was the argument. Well, yeah, you've got to believe on Christ, but the only way that we're going to be 
we're, we're going to be uh, uh, made perfect is, is if we uh, are made perfect by keeping the law or by, by works. And he says in verse 4, Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? I mean, he's basically saying, what do you guys think that I do? <laughs> you know, because he ministered to them, the Spirit, and he worked miracles among them. And what was he doing it by? He was doing it by listening to God. And, you know, he came to know the Lord on the Damascus Road, hearing the Lord and believing the Lord. And he obeyed what the Lord told him to do. But it's that faith that brought that obedience that is what saved him. Look at um, verse 6. Even, here's, here's Abraham being brought up. Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. In other words, hey, if you've believed, believed with the, you've been told to believe on the gospel and uh, you believe you're going to receive eternal life, and you, you, uh, you believe it, and that's accounted to you for righteousness. Look at verse 8, And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, that's us, by the way, Gentiles, heathen, and preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all the nations, shall all nations be blessed. In Abraham, all nations are blessed. Um, and praise the Lord for that. But look, look at verse number 9. Here's the key. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Abraham was blessed because of his faith. It was counted to him for righteousness. We that believe, as God has told us to believe, we've been told to believe the gospel. Amen. We believe the gospel. It's counted to us for righteousness. We don't deserve it. No. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, uh, He took our sin. We get His righteousness. He said, what's fair about that? Nothing fair about it at all. But that's the way it is. Um, now, let's take a look at this matter of works versus grace. Flip back over to our, our passage there in Romans and uh, chapter number 4. And let's take a look at verse 4 and 5. It says, Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Now, the apostle uh, is discussing the significance of this scripture quotation that he's just given them, uh, that Abraham believed God and it was counted in him for righteousness. They... Uh, uh, he pointed out that it, you know if it's a matter of work, working, a worker's wages are what's owed him. It's what's owed him uh, because he earned them, and they're not graciously given to him as a gift. That any job I've ever had where you were uh, working, you were working for a, a a payday. Amen. You had a payday, and you did not. Uh, you didn't. Come in on payday and hope to have a gift. No, you came in on payday expecting to be paid what you'd worked for, right? Uh, 
When, when a payday comes, a worker has an ex- expectation of being paid for his labors. Conversely, a person who is not working but is believing on uh, God who justifies the wicked, and, and that's what God does. He justifies the wicked. His faith is credited as righteousness. Um, and, and that's what happened in, in Abraham's case. Abraham was the this kind of person, as the Scripture stated. He was justified not because he worked for it and earned it, but because he trusted God. So that's the example of Abraham given. He'll come back to Abraham here in a minute, but he turns to the example of David, another person that was looked up to by the Jewish nation, Abraham, Moses, and and David. Any higher than those three, but he pulls he pulls Abraham and he pulls David as examples here. Verse number six through eight. Look at verse six. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. And that's blessed, isn't it? <laughs> Think of, that's, that's what Jesus did for us, too. You know, we're blessed. God imputed righteousness without the, the works. Now, He wants us to work, but the righteousness is ours apart from the works. Verse 7, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. In other words, have that sin on your account and leave it on your account. He's going to impute that sin on your account because that's what's on your account. He's going to count that to you. No, instead of doing that, he counted righteousness to us. The fact about Abraham was also true of David whose description of God's gracious dealing with him, uh, Paul quoted from uh, Psalm 32. Look at Psalm 32 with me. <clears throat> and this is, what he's, this is what he's quoting here. Psalm 32, verse number 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is a man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and whose spirit there is no guile, no, no treachery or deceit there. And then he goes on to describe how he was before he confessed his sin. David had confessed his sin and knew the blessings of forgiveness. What a, what a wonderful thing. Uh, but before he came to that point, he was miserable in the sin. When he he, he sinned with the, the sin of ba- with Bathsheba and had Uriah the Hittite killed, <laughs> uh, he uh, he didn't get much rest. Look at verse number four: For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me; my moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Selah. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. What a blessing. Uh, look at uh, chapter number 51. We know his confessionary psalm in and, and Psalm 51. And psalm 32 is where we find out the condition of 
uh, when that happened, where he, what was going on inside, how he described what was going on inside him. But Psalm 51, verse number 1, uh, here he's crying out to, to the Lord, have mercy upon me. In verse number 1, Psalm 51, verse 1, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of of thy tender mercies blot out my transgressions. So what do we see there? Do we see him? So Lord, tell me how many works you want me to do in order to get this covered up. Didn't did he? He's he's a he's a crying out for mercy, crying out for grace, uh, something he didn't deserve. Verse two: Wash me throughly, throughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Look down to verse number 9. <clears throat> Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. David had confessed his sin and, and knew the blessings of forgiveness. Now listen, a person like David to, to whom God credits righteousness apart from works is blessed. We're blessed. Amen? Um, and uh, such person's sins are forgiven. Now, I like that word forgiven, don't you? You, know, you, you, ever, you ever did something wrong against somebody? And uh, it just eats you on the inside. You just wondered how they thought about it. And, they, and then you come to find out that they had forgiven you. you know, they, they weren't holding it against you. Wasn't that a, a feeling of peace that, that comes when you, have, when you have forgiveness? And when, you know, if that's true with, uh, with regard to people, think about how much more it's true with God. I mean, when we come and we look in the Word of God and we find out just how great an egregious sinners that we are. <laughs> I mean, we are filthy, dirty, rotten, stinking. I mean, before Christ came and cleaned us up, we were we were nothing, nothing to look at, right? Uh, spiritually speaking, and we received that forgiveness. Our sins were covered, and so instead of sin credited to his account. God credited righteousness to David in the same way He does with us. Instead of crediting sin to our account, when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and we come and we cast ourselves upon the Lord and His grace, He credits us with righteousness. Now, who is this blessedness for? Back, back to our text. <clears throat> Romans 4. And uh, let's take a look at verse number 9. <clears throat> verse number 9 through 12 here. He says in Romans 4 verse 9, Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, talking about the Jews, or upon the uncircumcision also? That's the Gentiles. Huh? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised. So the, the, uh, the circumcision was a, 
it was a, a token there. It was a seal of the righteousness of the faith that he had. He says that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also, and the father of circumcision to, to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. Now, uh, Paul again raises the question of the Jews' special position, but in response, Paul turned again to the example of Abraham here, and he, he repeated the authoritative scriptural declaration that Abraham was declared righteous on the basis of his faith. Uh, then Paul asked whether Abraham's justification occurred before or after he was circumcised. And he answered his own question. Paul said it was not after but before. And, and the, of course, the uh, Scripture certainly confirms that. Abraham's age when he was declared righteous, is we don't really know when that was. It's not stated, but we have it in Genesis 5 and verse 6. That's where it's stated that he was declared righteous. He believed God and God counted it to him for righteousness. But later when Hagar bore him Ishmael, he was 86 years old. And that's Genesis 16 and verse 16. After that, God instructed Abraham to perform the rite of circumcision on all his male descendants as a sign of God's covenant with him. And this was done when Abraham was 99. So 99 minus 86 Ishmael was 13 years old at that point so it was it was by more than 13 years before circumcision came we don't know how many years but the, the circumcision Abraham followed his justification by faith by more than 13 years therefore Paul argued that the sign of circumcision was a seal of Abraham's being declared righteous because of his faith which occurred while he was still uncircumcising God God had this covenant with him, and it was a seal of the covenant covenant that he had. Circumcision as a sign or seal was an outward token of the justification Abraham already had received. And God's purpose was that Abraham be the father of all who believe. God, all who believe God, and, and they are justified. They're justified by faith when they believe God. Now this included both the uncircumcised Gentiles and the circumcised Jews. Jews must do more than be circumcised to be right with God, is uh, Paul's uh, understanding here. They must also walk in the footsteps of faith like Abraham because Abraham was declared righteous by faith. By, by faith. Obviously, then, the rite of circumcision which many Jews rely on for salvation, contributes in no way to one's status before God. It gives them no special standing before Him because they must be declared righteous simply on the basis of faith or we could say believing God, believing God, having faith in God um, as believe the way that God uh, in our, our day and time we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection. Now we see in verse 13, this justification comes by faith also and not by law. This justification comes by faith, not by law. It's verse 13, for the promise that 
he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now, the Jews also considered the Mosaic law uh, as being a special revelation of God's standards for, for human conduct, and they considered that as a special basis for their special standing with God also. But, the problem was they didn't keep it. <laughs> yes, God gave them the law. Uh, so, Paul turned next to it, declaring that it was not through law that Abraham and his seed received the promise that he would be heir of the world. We know that to be the case because the Moses, the Moses was the one who was given the law. The law did not come during Abraham's day. God's promise in, in Genesis 12 verses 1 through 3 preceded the giving of the law by several centuries. Uh, in fact, Galatians 3.17 tells us, and this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in, in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. So these promises of blessing are given to those whom God has imputed righteousness. And, and, and this, Paul added again, once again, is by faith. Believers of all ages are Abraham's seed, for they enjoy the same spiritual blessing. What's that spiritual blessing? It's called justification justification. We're justified in the sight of God. And he enjoyed that. Uh, listen, to, listen to Galatians 3.29. Paul told the Galatians there, he says, that, and, and if ye be Christ, hmm, uh, you know whether you're Christ or not, don't you? How, how, do you? how do you become Christ? By faith. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You're saved. You are in Christ. If ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. However, God has not done away with His promises to Abraham about His physical believing descendants. We know that the regenerate nation Israel uh, is going to inherit the land one day uh, according to uh, the the, uh, covenant that God gave to Abraham. These promises still stand and they will be fulfilled in the millennium and in his people, the people of Israel. But through, through Abraham, we all have that blessing of justification by faith. Amen? It was just like Father Abraham was justified by grace through faith, we have that same justification. All right, what, is, what is that a reason for? Is it a reason for boasting? No, 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 no. Not a reason for boasting. It's a reason for saying, thank you, Jesus. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Thank, thank you, thank you, Lord, that you're not imputing my sin to me, but you're imputing the righteousness of your precious Son, Jesus Christ, to my account. Do not deserve it. I, I deserve hell. I deserve death. Uh, but I, I get, I get Christ. I get a relationship with God. I get a home in heaven. What a blessing! Amen. So let's rejoice and the justification by faith that we have. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank You tonight for this great truth of justification by faith.